This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yes. Well, the end of the 2021-22 campaign has arrived. Something that, you know, fills us with a bit of disappointment in terms of we're not going to have football for the next couple of months. But I'm sure we'll find plenty of stuff to discuss as there's going to be a lot of change on and off the pitch. And especially HFC chat, there's a change today. We're, we're recording this in person, which is a nice um a nice change to, to the usual, being able to have that discussion in person. So hopefully we'll bring um, a lot of good content to you um, in this episode. We've obviously released um, prior to this a special episode with uh, Rob Law from BBC TZ. He was kind enough to give us his time talking about this season and, and how he's viewed it. So if you haven't listened to it, um, go and check it out. It's out on all usual platforms. But let's start with something really positive and, and something that's I know part of the change moving forward, it's a new kit partnership. Um, obviously, we've been with O'Neill's for the last, I think it might be, couple of seasons. Um, and we're moving on to Aria. Um, pulls that was hinted at from Stephen Hobin um, that there'd be a new a new deal coming along the line um, when we recorded with him a while ago. But, Devo, I know you've got the article up there. You're just going to perhaps talk us through what it's going to involve. I know there's um, going to be three kids this season, which is an exciting change. Yeah, um, so Pills announced on the 29th of April that they announced the partnership with Aria as the technical kit and training provider for the next two seasons. Aria, an Italian sportswear provider who are based in the beautiful city of Parma and specialise in the manufacture of technical sportswear, providing professional sports teams all over the world with market-leading products across 80 different countries Founded in 1988, Aria is a leading brand universally recognised as being synonymous with quality, expertise and competence in professional sports. The deal sees the famous Aria brand not only supply the players with an exciting personalised range of playing kits for the next two seasons, but also we have collaborated on a huge range of training wear, travel wear, pre-season, lifestyle and match day ranges together with a carefully selected range of accessories. Speaking on the exciting new agreement, the Chew Officer Stephen Horbin said, I'm really excited 
to announce this partnership, which I'm sure will be very positively received with our supporters and players alike. It was extremely important to land this deal and it has been in the making for several months. Never again will we be in the position we were in last season where our supporters wanted to buy shirts for the season only to be left disappointed and frustrated. This deal is a serious deal for, for a club in the EFL League 2 and we have placed huge orders which are currently in manufacture to meet our expected demand. I have worked with Marie before and I have a very good working relationship with the director and his colleagues over in Palmer. One of the key things for me in this deal was to create wonderful, exciting kits and associated ranges that were truly unique and bespoke to this football club. We also needed a safe pair of hands and in Aria, I know we have a solid operator who will deliver. In my six years at Norwich City, for example, I cannot remember a time that Aria let us down. And what you tend to find is when clubs leave Aria to try someone new, they always go back eventually. Personally for me, this was a promise I made early doors on my arrival and I was very determined to deliver a great range at an affordable price and on time, well in advance of the new season. Well, there's been a lot of discussion, hasn't there, about Rangers having stuff in stock. You know, O'Neill's in terms of the kits, they haven't been too bad. I think I think they've been pretty good. The, the quality's there. I just think there was such an issue with obviously COVID had a you know that's a mitigating circumstance, but I just think we need that Rangers fans when we were when we were with Nike we had a lot of different stuff. We had training gear and and leisure wear and, and all this and it was always there was a good amount in stock and we had sales and things and you know some of our best gear was with them. So hopefully Moving forward, you know, it's a new start for the club and come July it'll be fully stocked and, and people won't be, you know, thinking how can we as a professional club not even meet the demand to, for fans to be able to have a shirt to start the season. So yeah, completely new change of direction and, and hopefully one of the positive things that, well, I see it as a positive thing that uh, Stephen Hoban's brought in and delivered on something that he's promised, which is always good to see at Pulse because, you know, in the past we have been let down on promises. I guess that news came before we headed to Scunthorpe, which we'll go on to now. Um, obviously, fancy dress, special occasion, fantastic occasion off the pitch as usual. Um, three or five, probably best not talking about. With it being a, a HFC chat podcast, we obviously have to talk about the game. But yeah, it, it was just a bit typical of the last couple of months, wasn't it? Really, it was. It just seemed like a struggle the way we we couldn't beat a team like Scunthorpe who had who had kids who were already down who we should have really wiped the the floor clean with them and we did have opportunities um it was great to see the back in there those over sixteen hundred I believe and you know that moment for me the one thing that I really want to touch on when we're reviewing this game is that fifteen minutes or so that we had after the game just being stood there and the players just taking it all in I think to be Honest with you, I think some of them that might have been a bit of a wake up call maybe to actually realise look, you know, they've shown it at, at stages like Palace and Rotherham, obviously massive games in the cups, but this was Scunthorpe away. We'd drawn one all with a team that had got relegated already. We had nothing to play for, but we're back to those numbers and, and just to see the players taking it in and, you know, spending time with the fans, it, it was really good and something we haven't had in the past. There hasn't been that connection, that solid connection. I mean, in terms of the game, obviously, Feds gets the penalty um, slotted away and 
and that was good but Bogle had numerous chances I can't really think of much more to comment on really I, I don't know about you it just wasn't very impressive was it it wasn't so like you've said it I think it makes it worse when you you know that you're up against a, a team there and no disrespect to Scunthorpe you know to it's a horrible situation to be in as well we know you know we, we fully sympathize with the situation that the club are in and we wish them all the best and hopefully we see them back in the, the football league as soon as possible but when you've got a team full of kids there and a lot of inexperience it's it's an opportunity to, to go up there and win but like you've rightfully said it, it the game the result the manner of, of everything just summed up and it has summed up the last couple of months for pools just the poor performances just the lack of I know it's been denied by the chairman and, and the manager at the time, Graham Lee, but you can't help it. It does have that lack of effort feel about it. It has mm. had that kind of holiday feel. I know some of these players who were with us in the National League campaign, your Crawfords, your, your Fergies, your Lids, your Sterries. I know, obviously, for them it's been tough because, i.e., we finished in June last year and literally, what, five, six, seven weeks later, you it's not there was no kind of break it was kind of you finish you go away for a couple of weeks and all of a sudden you're back in for summer training and you're back at us with the intensity and stuff but you know a lot of these players I think are running on empty we spoke to Tom Crawford after the game and he's even said himself you know he's kind of been going through these last few games with niggles with injuries and but it's, just, it's been really poor and not the the end to the season that we wanted as fans and I'm pretty sure Graham Lee wanted to be a better end of the season if you know but it's really poor really poor and hopefully the players now can go away rest recuperate and come back to pre-season with a fresh mentality and hopefully get themselves back up raring to go again for another quick start yeah I mean we've had this conversation haven't we well even this morning about the whole thing that we seem to get to that safety so to speak point and then then from there it was just like you know we're playing but we're not really we're not showing what we're capable of I mean we've discussed it numerous times Newport away that performance and the way obviously one nil down then we went two one up and then they scored but then we won it like 30 40 seconds later than um we went and scored the winner Neil Byrne and that's the type of mentality that we needed to carry through. And and when there was all that talk about pools going at the playoffs, all these things, it was just that that's what was in the back of my mind. I don't think it's possible because we will get to that point. And I, I do genuinely believe that once they got to that point, it was kind of like, I don't know, we're safe. We will try to win games. I'm not saying that they don't want to win games, but... It was kind of like more relaxed feel. The intensity seemed to drop off a little bit. And I think once we knew that we couldn't get the playoffs, that kind of extra drive wasn't really there, perhaps. But, you know, as we said, we spoke to some players as well after the game cross and that, and they said that numerous players were carrying niggles. And when you've got people out on loan, players out on loan, um, you know, and not recalling them, there is extra strain on the squad. So, you know, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt in that. And, and fingers crossed, you know, we can have a rest now and we come back with hunger, determination, players tied down and we can go again next season because I do genuinely believe there's been loads of points this season, as we'll touch on, um, that we've shown that we are capable of playing football at a higher level than, than where we finished. And it's just a shame to, to be finishing in 17th because I don't think that really reflects the season that we've had, if, if you look at it. And at the end of the day, 
obviously the huge news came out in the build-up to Colchester on Thursday that Graham Lee um, had departed the club. Various people have different opinions, which which is understandable. Was it the right call? The timing, the actual decision as Mickey Nelson, surely he has to go as well. Um, you know, all of these are, are things that you'd expect to be discussed and are rightly discussed. I mean, for me, it was the right decision that Graham Lee's gone. Um, I think in the first place, obviously, when he was appointed, we, we touched on how we thought perhaps it was the cheaper option, so to speak. But we he did grow on us, to be fair, and, and he did show that he does have the talent there. I think there's just so many different things going on and you never know exactly what's going on at the club that's off the pitch. I mean, Fergie, as we'll touch on, brilliant to have him tied down, but that apparently that deal was done before. Um, Graham Lee leaves so so you just wonder what is actually going on behind the scenes and obviously when Lee's appointed there's the everybody's like from the club saying well he's the right man we believe he's he's got enough knowledge to take us where we want to go etc etc but then all of a sudden it's like well he's not the right man we need to get someone who's got experience and who is capable to take us up the league that's obviously what Raj Singh says so it's just a bit of conflicting messages for me and I think the only thing that I don't agree with is the timing to leave it two days before Colchester I mean I just think it's it's a bit poor I just think that the results had been leading to this but why wait until two days before and as I says yet again we don't know what's gone on behind the scenes so there could, there could be a lot of different circumstances but I know I'll, I'll give you your um, time in a minute to talk about Lee and stuff, but there's, there has been moments when we've had fantastic times under him. Um, you know, obviously cup success all started with Lincoln. Um, Lincoln away, that was his first game in the dugout. And um, obviously we went on that cup run, ended up at Palace. We had the Papa John's. We've had, we have had some good times under Lee and I just want to place on record my thanks to him. And, and I know you'll echo that and, you know, just wish him all the best. There's obviously people say, well, he's a fantastic guy, and, and he is. He's a, he's a brilliant guy, and I'm sure you agree with that, and, and lots of fans will agree with that. But for me, football is a results-based business, and at the end of the day, however nice you are, we need someone in charge who's going to take us forward as a club, and it needs to be a serious investment in the long term. And if it's not, then I'm slightly worried. But this next manager, it's pivotal that he is someone who has experience in the league, someone who can, we can see a long-term future with. At the end of the day, a good manager is going to take investment. If you're going to keep putting money in short term and then losing the managers, that's going to cost the club more and not get us where we want to be. But if we invest in someone, I mean, there's names out there that probably are very far-flung and people like Tony Mowbray, we'd all love him to be in charge. But at the end of the day, how realistic is that? So we need to really take time to assess that, but also get someone in who can be given the long term to get his squad together, get him playing the football that he is obviously... If you appoint a manager, surely you're basing him off what he's achieved and what you can, what his qualities are. So you've got to give him the time to be able to show that and, um, and take the club forward. So that's as you know, how I feel in the situation. And for me, Mickey Nelson has to go as well. Um, you know, that's not a personal attack on him, but I just don't think he's got the quality 
um, that that the club need. Davo, what did you think when you saw the news coming through, and and you know after that, how how are you feeling? Honestly, conflicted. Um, I think if you go back, I think one of the most confusing things for me personally, and it goes back obviously to when Dave Chandler was sacked because Raj Singh obviously made the statement and said that the manager who was to come in to replace Dave Chandler would have had to have football league experience, not just as a manager, but as a footballer as well, which kind of is quite hypocritical when you look at the appointment of Graham Lee and Mickey Nelson. And it's no disrespect to them two guys. You know, both of them are highly respected pools players and this will be whatever happens. But when you look at Graham Lee, under-23s manager at Middlesbrough, probably wouldn't have been, and I mean this in no disrespectful way, no one would have probably would have chose him mm. if you had a an option. And then obviously Michael Nelson, um, manager at Blythe, left, in fact he was sacked, leaving them bottom of the league. Mm. So it, it was quite frustrating to kind of see them come in. Um, however, if you fast forward that to now, where we are now, I did tweet saying... I would like to have saw Lee have the summer to build his squad, etc., etc., bringing his own players. But I think, given the time I've had now to sit back, look back at the last five or six months he's had, and like you've rightfully said, we've had some good moments under Graham Lee. It's not all been bad. You know, the the successes we've had in the Papa John, the FA Cup. Um, but at the end of the day, the league is our bread and butter. And if you look at our league performances, and it goes back to when you come in, there's been more bad performance than there has been good. Um, some very frustrating results along the way. I think I'm on the side that maybe it is best to get this out of the way now than to prolong it. You know, At the end of the day, none of us as Pearls fans want to see this kind of spiral into the next season. We have to hit the ground running. Um, we've seen the potential already this season under both managers. Granted that there is performances in there that that team, that a good bulk of that team are capable of, you know, good things and mm. we are you've seen where we've been at times this season. We have been on the, the doorstep of that top ten just you know, just there. So I think um like I say I've said I'm on the side now where, you know, the decision was right and again, like you've said, I think Nelson is probably best off leaving his position mm. as assistant manager and again it's no disrespect to him growing up he's one of my favourite players growing up great seven to the football club but like you've said we have um, we as fans and like the owner come, keeps coming out and saying we have ambitions now mm. to get this football club back to, to League One being a good self-sustainable League One club and I just do not think that Michael Nelson nor Graham Lee I just, I just don't think they have the, the calibre in them to, to get us to that point. And again, I, I'm repeating a lot of what you've said, but the next manager, the, the next next appointment, it's huge. Mm -hmm. You know, it has to be right. And we, we've heard names spouted about. And I know some of the North West Corner were singing Tony Mowbray's on Saturday, <laughs> which I think we can both agree here, Jack. It's, it, realistically, as much as we would love Tony to come in, and that would be a huge boost going into pre-season. That's not going to happen, realistically, but... Look, whoever comes in, it has to be the right man. Someone who can, or will, someone has to come in, be allowed to bring in his own backroom staff, bring in the players, get them backed, bring in the players he needs to, and yeah, that's all I think I've got to say on the on the matter really. Well, I think it's important as well 
he touched on it right at the end about the backroom staff. He needs to be able to bring in his own backroom staff because at the end of the day, if you're a manager, you have your backroom staff and that contributes towards what makes you successful. If you look at Dave Challoner, I'm not going to go on about it a lot, but Dave Challoner had his backroom staff and that gave us the edge. If you look at people who have now joined him at Stockport, they've joined him for a reason. You're not just going to have anybody join you. So for me, you know, that's a massive thing. And I think there was always going to be some sentiment with obviously Lee and, and Nels being ex-polies and stuff that even though they are held in high regard, you're not immune from poor results and... Criticism. Criticism, yeah, that's the word, yeah. And, yeah, it was going to come to an end at some point. The, the results, as I've said, were, were pointing in that direction. Unfortunately... You know, it's ended in the way it has and um, we're looking for a new manager going into next season. But fingers crossed that we can we can get a good manager in, we can get serious investment in players and that he can have enough time to work with his squad in the build-up to next season. Now, before we do go on to the next section of this end-of-season review episode, we spoke to Ben Forbes earlier, a regular contributor to HFC Chat, and here's what he had to say. We are delighted to welcome back onto the podcast, Ben Forbes. First question, Ben, what are your overall thoughts on this campaign? Uh, well, it's, it's it's got to be a success. We've stayed up. Um, we've got a squad with decent foundations and we've had two, two, uh, two good cup runs. So, you know, when we let, when we... When we were at Bristol last year, we we said that you know staying up see the key the key goal, and we've done that. So yeah, it's it's got to be a success for me. So I guess following on from that, what would you say? And I'm sure there's a few that you you would go between, but your moment of the season is the one that you can like pin down as yeah that was that was it that was you know the pinnacle of the campaign. Uh, well, I'm sure many people will be thinking the the away day at Palace in the cup. And that that was absolutely fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but I'm I'm going to break the mould a bit. I'm going to say the the three two home winner against Harrogate, where we, we we came from behind, to show showed real character, belief, and yeah, the, the Vic was rocking, wasn't it? So uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm going to go for that one personally. Um, first question: Who would be your player of the year? Player of the year for me, I think, I think we'll have to go to Neil Byrne. Um, he has been ultra consistent. Um, doesn't doesn't always get like the man of the match plaudits and everything else like that, but he is just so reliable there. He, he's been he's been a terrific signing, so uh, I, I'd give it to Neil Byrne personally, just just because of his consistency at the back. Your young player of the year. It's got to be Joe Gray. He's he's changed games when he's come on. Um, he's looked lively and, and he's got such a bright future ahead of him. I, I can't wait to see to see what he can do. He hopefully we can mould him in, into the you know twenty goal a season striker that that you know we 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 desperately need. So uh, yeah, gonna go for Joe Gray on that one. And finally, most improved. Most improved has got to be Tom Crawford. Um, it still beggars belief while while Ch- why Challoner didn't play him. Um, you know, he was just he was uh, sort of in the fringes all the time under Challoner. 
uh, had a few cup games where he didn't do a whole whole lot, admittedly. But then un- under Graham Lee, he's he's just really come out of his shell, and he's 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 almost he's almost been the first player you put on the team sheet. Um, so yeah, it's got to be Tom Crawford for me. So I'm sure you've seen the tweet that we've we've put numerous tweets out this week asking fans for for contributions to this episode, but. We put one out with with a few different like I had a few different caveats to it. And I guess we'll start with the who's your unsung hero of the season. Oh, unsung hero. Uh, I think probably probably going to be Timmy Odessina. Arguably, he's a hero anyway. But again, he's another one that's just improved massively lately, and and. Uh, Another one that's got a bright, bright future. So yeah, I'm gonna 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 say Timmy on this one. And you mentioned um, that comeback against against Harrogate. Um, I mean, what was your win of the season? Uh, Harrogate would be would be would be a close one. I think our home wins against Exeter and Northampton earlier on in the season were very very good as well. Um, but I think. I think for me, the win of the season will will be the away uh, the away game against Newport, where we won three two. It's a bit a bit edgy there, but that that just had us believing that you know what, maybe we could make a late push for the playoffs mm. potentially. Um, of course, it all fell apart after that, but uh, no, I, I think I think my win of the season will, will be will be at Newport. That that was a that was a brilliant performance down there. Yeah, I, it it was it, it was a, fa- a fantastic result, big big win in Europe as we like to refer to it as. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, I'll be very surprised if the person that you're going to answer is anyone different, but I'll ask you anyway. Who was your <laughs> flop of the season? Flop, flop of the season? Did you say? Yes. Uh, it has to be fond up. I I cannot find. I, I I thought Bjornsson came close to being the worst footballer of all time, but but uh, <laughs> yeah, fond fond up for me. I I I I don't know how. I, I I don't know where he thinks he's compared comparing himself to. Is it Messi and Ronaldo or something like mm. that? But uh, yeah, fond up for me. That that Blackpool miss still haunts me. <laughs> I mean, there's been some absolute bangers this season, but but who would you go for with your goal of the season? Uh, Molyneux away at Harrogate. Uh, I, uh, there's no, there's no competition for me. Although Molyneux probably takes the top three goals of the season. In truth, um, he, he scored a couple of good ones against Barrow at home as well, if I seem to remember. But yeah, uh, Molyneux away to Harrogate. Fair enough. Last couple of uh, questions on the on this section. Who's been your signing of the season? Uh, Neil Byrne for me. Um, I can't remember what we paid for him um, in the summer, but he, yeah, well, well worth every penny. And uh, as I say, Mister Reliable at the back, very get a mistake out of him, and uh, you know, a potential captain for for you know, future seasons. So yeah, Neil Byrne. Perfect. That that wraps up that little section. So I'll pass you on to Davon. I was going to talk about that big news that came out of the club just a couple of days ago. Yeah, so Thursday night, as we all know, the very, very big news obviously erupted that Graham Lee was sacked by the club. Um, so basically, what's your thoughts and feelings? Uh, it, ultimately, and I say this with a lot of regret, 
because he, you know, he, he is a nice guy, but ultimately I think it is the right decision. Um, I don't doubt his passion, um, his motivation, and and I can understand why we we went, you know, we appointed him. You've got to give people the chance, I guess. But the, the good cup runs have covered the cracks, and performances of late have have been terrible. Like, you know, there's no other way to no other way to sort of put it really. Um, so yeah, it's 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 regrettable to say, but I I think it's the right yeah I think it's the right decision, um, and yeah we'll just see see where we go from here. I guess there's never a dull moment at pools, so no. yeah, we'll see where we go. I mean this this leads on obvious question coming up. Who would you like to see coming in to replace Graham Lee? I know we had you on funnily enough, um, when Chandler left and, and we had this conversation. So we'll, we'll ask your opinion once again. Yeah, Deja Vu, eh? Um I think we need someone with experience, I think. Now, I've seen a load of names banded about um, it, it, it's whether they'd want to come here. My preference um, would be Michael Appleton. He's got good experience at this level, did did, uh, did wonders with Lincoln City, um, he, and he's available now. Um, so I, I think, you know, if... if you know, the chairman says he he's, he wants to show ambition. You know, at League One is the aim. I think there's no better way than to show that ambition than you know going all out to get someone like Michael Appleton. Um, other names I'd be happy with as well. Uh, Pete Wild if he becomes available from Halifax. So yeah, we'll just have to see. I think I think if we don't appoint a manager next week, I think I think the club will be holding out for for Pete Wild, but. Uh, yeah, I just don't want us to go for the cheap option. It hasn't worked, so we, we need to we need to get someone in, spend the money and get someone in. Finally, Forbesy, at the time of this recording, obviously the season finished just 24 hours ago, so heading into next season, have you got any expectations or how are you feeling for next season? Personally, um, I'd, I'd, I'd be happy with another mid-table finish, sort of build, build on what we've got now. Um I think we do have a we we need to have a big summer. We need we need to have good smart recruitment. We need to um, we we really need to get uh, get more players in. Um, you know, get the strength and depth there. It yeah, we we just need a really really big summer. And again, I like I said like I said, I'd be happy with a mid table. But if we can push towards top half. And, and yeah, if we finish top half, I think I think that's an outstanding achievement. But uh, let's see who we bring in first. Yeah, I think a lot hangs on that and also the players that we're able to tie down at the end of the day. Um, but Ben, as ever, thank you very much for coming on, giving us your thoughts um, on, the, on the podcast. And I'm sure you'll be on at some point in the near future. No problem at all. Thank you for having me. So now we'll go on to some positive stuff. I know that you know the official winners of the awards at the Pools Night the other night. So if you want to start with that before we go on uh, to the HFC chat ones. Yeah, so obviously that very nice night out in Hardwick Call. So Player of the Year, Luke Molyneux. Um, Players Player of the Year, also Luke Molyneux. <laughs> Goal of the Year, also Luke Molyneux. <laughs> um, Timmy Odesina was in receipt of the Young Player of the Year. And finally, Jamie Sterry won the Community Player of the Year. Well, I mean, it's no surprise, is it, with Mulls, how many awards he's won there. He's been absolutely unbelievable this season, I know. Um, when we were talking to Rob Law, he was talking very passionately about him, saying how much he wants him to be there next season. I think we all do. Um, whether we do see that, I think, is probably 
slim chance, but never say never. Fingers crossed um, that we could potentially somehow keep him at the club. And then Timmy, obviously being young player of the year, someone who's, you know, he's come on leaps and bounds, hasn't he, recently. We're seeing signs of what he was like when, um, when we had him on loan from Norwich. He looked a very good young player who, who probably looked like he was playing beyond his years. And I think being able to play again next to the likes of Neil Byrne and um, Gary Little has probably brought his game on a lot. Um, so, yeah, that was... Well, I think most people knew the answers, didn't they, to who was going to be winning those awards heading into that. But it's important to mention as well, although Timmy, you know, probably a fully deserving recipient of that award, but obviously it's all what, I mean... Anyone who listens to this podcast probably knows how much of a pair of fanboys we are, but um, you know Tom Crawford. Um, it's been said numerous times by us, and obviously Rob Law said in his episodes. You know, under DC, didn't get a sniff. You know, he was. I mean, I've said numerous times going at the end of last season. I said Tom Crawford was probably one of those you'd probably expect to be mm. released mm. Or, or or whatever. But you know, he's he's stuck at it and. He's got opportunities at the early part of the season, and he's, you know, he's took them all by the scruff of the neck, and deservedly so got himself into a instrumental part of the team. And yeah, I think honourable mention to Crofts. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, you get where most people wouldn't, and you found yourself presenting Joe Gray with an award on Saturday as well. I, did. I think there's a, I think there's a mention for him. To be fair, I, personally, I think he's scored some. Well, he's scored some fantastic goals. He, he's added a lot. He's a young lad. I think that's something we need to remember. He's you know he's not the biggest of lads um and that probably does hinder him a little bit maybe in his physical battles um but yeah he, he's got bags of talent some of the finishes obviously scored against blackpool scored against rotherham um so yeah just a, a mention to him as well I, th- I think it's really important um i mean we didn't we didn't do a poll on hufc chat for player of the season because i think you know it was practically done deal already so we'll give that to Luke Molyneux um, but then we've got HFC Chats most improved player of 2021-22 now this was close very close between two players that have just been mentioned there um, and it was between Tom Crawford and Timmy Odessina and the winner 51% of your vote thank you to everyone who voted 160 of you um, was Timmy Odessina then we've got the Young Player of the Year award now. Um, and the winner of that, with 78% of the vote, out of the 116 votes, was, again, Timmy Odessina, followed by Tom Crawford with 12% of the vote, and then Joe Gray getting 10%. I mean, as we just touched on, there's mentions for all of them. They've all, they've all come on leaps and bounds and, and you know, everybody's going to have different opinions, but that's why we love putting out these types of things, seeing what people are, are really thinking. One player that, I mean, you probably wouldn't say he's been one of the player of the season candidates, but he's someone who's so instrumental and so key to the success of Hartlepool United. He adds goals, he adds, you know... A bit of excitement, to be fair, from left back when he's allowed to get forward, um, and especially left wing back as well. And an extremely talented player, someone who I would have hated to lose. The deal was announced before Colchester that David Ferguson has committed his future to the club. Something that we were both ecstatic about, as well the whole fan base was, I think. Um, 
just such a, a key player really someone you know for all the reasons that I've just touched on there and and I, I'm just so glad that we we've managed to tie him down and I think he could play a, a massive part once again next season I hope we we get to see him go forward a bit more I think under DC he had that license too but perhaps he's been held back a little bit he's been more of just playing left back um under Graham Lee so fingers crossed we get to see him getting forward because I think a lot of our success came from that really you know him and Sterry getting forward and and putting balls into the box you know what his delivery's like it's absolutely exceptional so I assume you haven't got loads to add on that I mean if you have that's absolutely fine but obviously fantastic news coming out of the club yeah obviously these last few weeks obviously we've all had quite a few reasons to to maybe worry that he wouldn't obviously a lot of I know rumours are rumours and you know people like to add all this stuff but yeah unbelievable and like you've said last season him and Sterry were instrumental pivotal parts to the success you know like you've just said the 5-3-2 last season it, it, it's almost like a license to kill mm. um, for both of them um, like you've said it's it, obviously the way we've probably played under Graham Lee you know playing with a flat four times it's they don't really have that license but yeah. you know hopefully a new manager who comes in will identify that and hopefully we can maybe avert back to old times of old but yeah unbelievable uh, to see him tied down and hopefully it's the first of many like you say Molyneux etc etc we all know the players I won't repeat but hopefully the first of many well I think you know that there has been worries perhaps the last couple of weeks that Signing a fresh deal, there's only been Tom Crawford. Um, and that's been like, well, there's a lot of key players we want to keep here. Um, and I think the talent's there in the squad that we want to keep them together, if we can. And I think Fergie signing will, will hopefully encourage others to follow. And obviously, really positive news. And when he signs, you think, oh, brilliant, he signed. The lads will have an uplift from that. We'll go on to Colchester and um, you know and that was announced obviously on, on Friday the Fergie deal we'll go into the weekend on a real high and hopefully go and turn Colchester over well that didn't happen did it um, it was it was a really poor end of season performance um, the positives to start with we did have a few chances um, that should have been finished there were some good saves from their keeper to be fair but we just didn't really ever get out of first gear at all which has been a pattern for quite a few weeks now um it was just a shame the way the season finished um if i'm being brutally honest i think you know obviously it's so positive that we're playing football league next season and we always have to take a step back and, and you know acknowledge that but there was a potential to finish the top 10 easily obviously we finished 17th with the result that happens on saturday and I think injuries a credit to well not credit obviously benefit of the doubt I think is better better phrase um there are players that have been playing with niggles as Tom said to us and and uh, I think Sterry had a niggle and, and there was other others that had have been like Bryn Morris and stuff not really fit to play um and I think we had like three outfield players on the bench on Saturday and I think if you put that into play obviously I'll give them the benefit of the doubt with that, but it was just such a shame to to finish the last game of the season. We could have finished on a real high. I mean, their second goal, I'm sure you'll agree with me, was absolutely incredible. The way he hit that, it was just 
brilliant, but it was two teams, the way I look at it, two teams, nothing to play for, but Colchester were giving it their all and, and we just seemed to be a bit, you know, well, on the, on our holidays. This is the frustrating thing. I know what people have said and I accept, you know, we've had a brilliant season, uh, you know, coming to the... Coming back into the football league for the first time in obviously four years, the we all said after Bristol, the one thing we wanted from this season was consolidation. We wanted to consolidate our place in the football league, which obviously we've done, and obviously the added bonuses of obviously the cup runs. I get that, and that's absolutely brilliant. But like I've said, the football league is your bread and butter, and obviously you look back at a runner at the Rotherham game. There was an opportunity to push on and to have a, a really good, respectable finish, and obviously. You look after the Rotherham game, yeah, we bit one at Newport, but it's it's obviously I don't know, but it, when you watch the games and you've been as many games as probably, you know, it's like they've got to fifty odd points, they've got the football league safety status, and it's as if it's like going through the motion type thing. And mm. look, we can probably, especially like these last few games, you know, we've we've obviously noticed that. There's been a lot of injuries, freak injuries. Obviously, the Shelton with the cotton bud in his mm-hmm. ear, you know, <laughs> things like that. Don't obviously have to there. When obviously you need players, and obviously players are getting freak injuries. You know, the last few games we had three outfield players on the bench, and yesterday didn't help because we lost Jamie Sterry in the first half, and that's one sub gone, and you know, but it's just so frustrating. And I said, look. At least you look at the last two fixtures, and there were fixtures where you probably look. You said. Let's get six points. Mm. Scunth- no disrespect to Scunthorpe and Colchester, but you you know two favourable end of season fixtures against Scunthorpe and Colchester. You think six points, and we've turned round and had one. So it, yesterday was very frustrating. Again, it's the same stuff. It's the same same trademarks we've seen for the last couple of months in our performances. I haven't got all the answers. I really haven't. But yesterday we weren't threatening at all. No. Molyneux, couple of chances from him. He had a really good chance from the, the right hand side. Obviously, he took a little off, and I think he brought on on Martin Smith, which obviously mm. initiated the four three three. Which I thought at times we looked we looked all right actually when mm. we had that formation change. Obviously, Luke Molyneux cutting inside like I've, like I've just said, he had a couple of good opportunities. Jake Hull, Jake Hull, header. obviously ran forward, um, but ultimately, just not good enough. Just really not good enough, not threatening enough, and I'm going to end it by saying, obviously the goal, the Colchester second goal, absolutely cracking goal. You know, at the time to obviously run in and he looked up and obviously pinged it off the crossbar, off the the woodwork, and obviously big clips. But yeah, really poor end of the season. I think it's we needed it. We need the season to end, and but yeah, really poor. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.